0: Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. And this is uh, really just not another episode, but really a new season um, for us. And and in the Fully Delighted Podcast, what we've been doing is kind of just doing basically different things in terms of content. Uh, for, for those of you really that either attend SMCC or are curious about SMCC, different contexts, different angles that, uh, that we can take for the podcast. And so uh, last season, what we were doing was just uh, interviewing basically staff, talking through some of their stories, their interests, their passions. And now uh, this w- uh, season, what we get to do is do something different again, and that is go through more of a, um, a walkthrough Bible study Type of, of um, weekly walkthrough of the book of the Bible. So I've got with me Eric and Paul with me today. Uh, great to have you guys on again. Kind of back to the original three, I guess. The
1: OG group, I guess, huh, Paul? Yeah, original group.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be here for season
1: season four, man. Yeah. I'm happy.
0: So Eric, take us through a little bit of what what is it that um, that you that we want to accomplish with this content? I mean, basically just walking through a study ish type thing with people.
1: Yeah, we want to help people study the Bible. Uh, At SMCC, one of our values that we've talked about on this podcast is we think the Bible should be explained in helpful and hopeful ways, we want to help people engage the Bible the best we can. So this season, season four, is a chance to study along in your Bible with Paul and I as we study with you the book of Galatians. So perhaps someone's listening to this. Uh, maybe they've been in a Bible study in the past. Maybe they've been in a small group. Maybe maybe they've, it, it's been a while since they've opened their Bible. Maybe it's time to dust it off. Turn to the book of Galatians in the New Testament. Open it up read along with Paul and I as we study this book together. So season four, we're going to go verse by verse through this great book, the book of Galatians. Uh, We're going to provide our commentary. Uh, We're going to hopefully model how to study the Bible. And as we do that, I want uh, our church to journey with us. So we think it's going to be really helpful.
2: You know, when we add our commentary, it, I, I just want everybody to know, uh, Eric and I have been to seminary, we kind of geek out on some of the background information, <laughs> maybe a Greek word for here and yeah. there, and, and what we don't want to do is convince you that you can't read the Bible on your own. I mean, let's face it, people have been reading the Bible without a commentary for a long, long time, mm. and this is part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Eugene... Peterson wrote uh, a book that I really enjoyed. He called it Eat This Book. He's talking about the Bible, and he's talking about reading the Bible slowly. And one of the things that uh, came out of that book, he was convinced he needed to write another book, and that book was called Word and Spirit. And if you're going to eat this book, the Bible, one bite at a time, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to reveal truth to us as we go. But the Spirit of truth is not a private truth or my truth Mm -hmm. or your truth. It is the truth. And so um, we're just here to kind of kind of have a conversation, and then let you see what we think when we're reading the Bible. Yeah. And hopefully that would be helpful.
1: Exactly. Paul, I'm excited to read through Galatians with you. Um, this is what I'm doing for my own quiet time, as I'm slowly reflecting through the book of Galatians throughout the week, and then we'll jump on this podcast and, and we'll study it together. So that's simply what I'm doing as a pastor at SMCC, as I... Uh, seek to grow spiritually and be disciplined in God's Word, um, we're going to kind of do that th- in a public format.
2: So Eric, when you read, um, what what's kind of your methodology in order to get the most out of your reading time?
1: Yeah, um, I like to read slowly, uh, first of all. I don't try to think, I got to get through a whole chapter. I, I want to read slowly um, and make observations. I think I start with observations first, which means ask as many questions of the text as possible. What words are on repeat? What's surrounding this text? What author uh, is behind this text? And I try to just make as many observations as possible. And then, um, this is something that I've had a lot of practice doing as someone who's been communicating and reading God's Word for um, almost, uh, I guess, 17 years now, is there's a...I just picture it like this. There's a big bridge uh, between the original audience... And us as an audience. And so there's a big river in between uh, these two cities, the ancient city and and this modern city that we live in. And inside of that river, there's things like words that we don't use, uh, historical issues that aren't our issues. And so you have to build what um, Duvall calls in his uh, book that I studied in seminary, Grasping God's Word, a principalizing bridge. What's yeah. the one timeless truth that bridges us modern readers to those ancient readers? And so I'm always looking for observations to build the bridge.
2: In other words, we're trying to figure out what did it mean to the original readers? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once we can figure that out, now we know the meaning, mm-hmm. and then we can extrapolate perhaps some kind of special application for our own personal life, but that doesn't change the meaning, correct? Right. That's correct. There's one timeless
1: truth. The Bible can never mean what it never meant. And so we want to find that meaning. I think one of the things, Paul, that we've talked about a lot is... uh, that we live in a narcissistic culture, which is, I'm going to mm. read the Bible with a me-focused lens first. That actually isn't how we should read it. We should read it thinking, what did this mean in its historical context first, go across the principalizing bridge that I'm talking about, and then apply it. It can have different applications. It does not have different meanings. And so, uh, Paul, we call, we call that approach to the Bible a me-first approach, Narcissism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exegesis is drawing out... The meaning of the text. That's what we're going to do in this season of the podcast. Narcegesis is reading me into the text. That's mm-hmm. a problem. So we don't want to do that um, as
2: we kind of study the Bible. You know, one of the things I like to do once I've done the hard work of observation, because it, it takes mental energy right. to do that, is then to contemplate mm-hmm. and just kind of take a moment to take a deep breath and say, okay, what's the big picture here? What was In this case, the Apostle Paul trying to communicate. We know in these epistles, he's usually trying to correct bad doctrine, Mm -hmm. but he's also trying to encourage the believers in that church. And so that's the overall context here. All right, and so what correction can I take, or is there something that I'm believing that's not true... Or perhaps, is there an encouragement that I can take away from this, knowing that that was the purpose of his writing in the first place? Absolutely, absolutely. So once you make the
1: observations, once we reflect and contemplate them, we can ask ourselves a series of questions, and then we can take our next step. So um, I don't know where these nine questions have come from, Paul. We've, we've done these many right. times at SMCC, but but let me just list these nine questions for our listeners. Um, so that they can kind of think through these when it comes to applying the Bible. So, number one, is there a sin to confess? So has this passage challenged me with a sin in my life that I need to confess? Is there a promise to trust? In the book of Galatians, there are massive promises communicated. Righteousness uh, uh, is our justification by faith. That's a big promise in Galatians. Is there an attitude to change? Is there a command to obey? Is there an example to follow? Is there a prayer to pray? Is there an error to avoid? Is there a truth to believe? Is there something to praise God for? So those questions really help us look at the text and say, oh yes, I see it here, and now I'm going to answer that question. Uh, Another way to apply it, I have a a fill-in-the-blank that I've used before that really brings it full circle um, when it comes to reading the Bible. It, It looks like this. The author, blank, is telling the reader, blank, this timeless truth and I blank will act on this truth by... So yeah. as we put that all together, that, that sounds like a mouthful, but for example, the author, Paul, got to know who the author is if we're going to make sense of it, is telling the reader, the Galatians, okay, this timeless truth, and we put the timeless truth in there. I, Eric, will act on this timeless truth by blank. And if we can put that all together, I think we're studying the Bible in a very healthy and sound way. So maybe with all that...
2: Yeah, from time we'll to get time, into it. I've actually journaled. I don't do it all the time. But when I'm going to tackle a book like the Book of Galatians, I might just open up a new journal and mm-hmm. write that sentence and and maybe add a little bit to it as, mm-hmm. as maybe a prayer at the end or something like that. Because I, Wayne Cordero said something a long time ago. Wayne Cordero is a pastor in Oahu. And he said, when you have a pencil in your hand, it's like you're telling the Holy Spirit, I'm listening. <laughs> and I like that, you know, it's it's like, all right, I'm ready to study this thing, and God, give me some insights. There we go. Well, let's do it. Let's get to Galatians
1: now. We, we, uh, we'll start Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, and uh, we'll read through the introduction. The hope is that these podcasts go just about 30 minutes, and... Um, Wherever we stop, we'll stop and we'll pick it up there next week. So, Adam, why don't you get us started in
0: Galatians, man? All right, just verse one. Then is what Let's you want. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So, Galatians one, chapter one, uh, says this: Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and the God and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. That's first right.
2: 1. You're going to find out that, man, we might not get <laughs> We can nerd the entire... out on this. <laughs> All right, so
0: Paul's an apostle. What does
2: that mean? Well, to be an apostle, you had to see and hear Jesus before his his, his death on the cross and his resurrection, and also after. You need to witness that. Now, Paul is a special case, because he saw Jesus in a special visit on that ro- road to Damascus right. experience. And so another thing that marks an apostle is the ability to do signs, miracles, and wonders. And we see that, especially in Paul's missionary journeys, he was given that ability. I'm talking about miracles on demand, not pray and hope. But yes, mm-hmm. as soon as he asked God to do something, in fact, uh, it happened. In fact, people would just touch him and be healed of stuff. I mean, it was crazy time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is rare and remarkable, right? right. Um, but the word apostle simply means one cent, and mm-hmm. he had a special mission, and that is one cent to reach the Gentiles. I love what Andy Stanley says about that. It's almost like they got together, God... Uh, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they said, man, this is not getting the job done. And so they uh, connected with the Apostle Paul and Peter and the other apostles, and they said, okay, we got to divide and conquer, man. What are you guys going to do? And, and Paul was the first to speak, and he said, look, you guys, you take Jerusalem, Judea, maybe even Samaria. I'll take the rest, and that's how aggressive he was, and it's like, man, we finally got a guy that's gonna get the job done, and he did. Yeah, you know,
1: uh, if you want to read about Paul's conversion, who he was before, and then that Damascus Road experience, you could look into the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, Chronicles, uh, Paul's conversion. Um, You know, one time, Paul Paul Roby, probably gotta make that clear, (laughs) Paul, you. Uh, Yeah. um, we, We did a message on how to test whether a vision is valid. Um, we live in a state where uh, people talk about spiritual visions and, and therefore claim a spiritual authority. And it seems like, well, are we doing the same thing with the Apostle Paul, that he said he had a vision, so we just trust him, you know? And in that message, we talked about how to, t- to validate a vision. And, um, you know, we could go back and, and, and walk through that, but, but essentially at the, at the end of the day, you got to ask, what did this person have to gain from this? Well, the Apostle Paul lost his life for this. He gave mm-hmm. up prestige, mm-hmm. and he gave up his standing, didn't gain it, he is essentially lost it. He was a Pharisee, he was very religious, and and so um, then we look back at the miracles that the Apostle Paul did, we look at the way the other leaders uh, of the faith at the time treated the Apostle Paul, we'll look at that. In fact, in Galatians, Paul builds a case for his um, his leadership. Yeah, as apostleship, and it's very valid. And so we can, we can trust that Paul is writing as an authority. So here in the introduction, and by the way, letters in the first century, they always had a very robust introduction I to pray. establish um, the, uh, the validity of the author, to establish the platform or position of the author, and so we see Paul's letters taking that shape. So in, in Galatians 1, verse 1, we see the author, we see the author's standing or identity as apostle from the Greek word, oh, I think I'm going to get this wrong, I don't know, Strefo, <laughs> maybe, uh, sent out, that's apo, that's mm-hmm, that preposition mm-hmm. at the beginning, and then strefo to send, oh gosh, I probably should have studied that before I just said that, but uh, <laughs> but there you have it, the sent one. So so we have uh, the Apostle Paul establishing that, and then of course it's through Jesus, not, not sent by man, um, but mm-hmm. through Jesus, who's been raised from the dead. So there, once again, we have the resurrection central to this introduction.
0: Right, and so then as we're continuing, so it's that introduction, verse 1, Paul, he's saying he's an apostle, um, and then verse 2 just kind of is an add-on, and it says, And all the brothers and sisters with me.
1: Yeah, that add-on's important. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading it as I was studying, and um, you have these little uh, hyphens, I guess, in the in, in my translation, yep. these little lines, which kind of let us know he's working on this, this kind of... Uh, phrasing that's important. And so he's saying, Paul, so greetings from Paul, yep. then he does this little sentence about who he is, his qualifiers, mm-hmm. and he comes back and says, well, his greeting is also from all the brothers and sisters that are with him. So that's where that punctuation is important.
0: Right, exactly. So then what it continues on after that is to the church in Galatia, um, verse 3 is, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Should I just continue through this paragraph <laughs> and yeah, just do it all at yeah, once?
2: just to hear. Yeah,
0: yeah. So let me start from verse 3 again. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, Jesus Christ, uh, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.
2: I'd like to geek out a little bit on the word grace because we just understand it as God's gift of favor and blessing and kindness and love in our life. It's undeserved merit. It's it's all that kind of stuff. But to the original listeners, the pagans there in Galatia, they would have heard the word originally without any kind of commentary, uh, to mean something that is quite different. We mm-hmm. use the word sometimes the way they used it, and that is she was very graceful. She moved gracefully. That dancer was very graceful. Mm-hmm. It's a feminine word. She has a graceful shape. Um, she has a graceful manner. All these type of things. It was it was it was that way because it was thought that. Um, these uh, graces were the daughters, the virgin daughters of Zeus, who hand out feminine charms. Like, think <laughs> about a charm bracelet. <laughs> uh, and occasionally a charm is linked with uh, magic. Mm. And you know a charm is declared, or it's kind of like an invocation to the gods, that type of thing. Mm. But it's, it's very connected to the magical arts, and um, I'm reminded in, in Acts 19.19, where uh, after the Apostle Paul preached and the people um, connected with that message, um, they brought so many books and scrolls about magic, uh, the black arts, uh, just all kinds of things that do with with witchcraft and things like that. That the total amount of money represented by those scrolls and books was one point two five million dollars today. Jeez, wow! wow. Is fifty thousand drachmas? I mm-hmm. did the math today. Wow! And so <laughs> it was like this place is one hundred percent committed to. The graces mm-hmm. of Zeus and the magical arts, and so the Apostle Paul Christianized that word, mm-hmm. and he he took it and he and he turned it just like he took the word agape, and he and he made it into a word that meant sacrificial love. It was a word that was almost never used in the Greek language. It was there, but almost nobody used it, and he Christianized it, mm-hmm. and so. Um, instead of now reaching out to uh, the gods uh, for, the, for the God's favor, mm. we have been insured God's favor through the grace of Jesus Christ. It's a gift. It's not something you work for, so it's unearned. Mm. And it's a, it's a big picture yeah. of the goodness of God. I love it. Wow. Paul, what you just
1: did for us not only was help us understand grace, but you also modeled a word study. Yeah, there you go. When it comes to reading the Bible, a word study or word study is very, very important. You have to know the meaning of the words to know the meaning of a passage, all right? right. They, they're building blocks to Also a
2: cross-referencing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, a word study is to understand as precisely as possible, not what do we mean by the word, but what did the author mean with his use of the word? That's what a, a word study is all about. Now... Every word has a range of meaning. We talk about this. Adam, if I say to you, that was sick, you might have to say, you mean someone was physically ill or something was very cool. So words have a range of meaning, and so you got to look at the range of meaning and then kind of figure out, okay, based on the context, what meaning inside the range of meaning makes the most sense? So you analyze the context, you look at, has the author used the word before? How did they use it? And then you can move forward which meaning is the best fit in the passage? And right. Paul, you've just done that for us with the word grace. Context really does matter. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, a little more on context. We now know who the recipients or the audience of this letter, who they are. It's the the Christians in this in the region of Galatia. Right. Uh, sometimes we say the church in Galatia. There are multiple churches in Galatia, modern day Turkey. Um, that's where this region was. Um, you know, Christianity launched um, in the book of Acts in the city of Jerusalem, but by now it's spreading. And what we're going to see as the book of Galatian unfolds is that in the churches in Galatia, there's probably 50% um, Jewish believers, people who have come out of a Jewish background. And the other 50% would be, as Paul mentioned, Galat- uh, Gentile believers in Galatia. And so mm-hmm. they are going to struggle inside of what does it look like to follow Jesus? How Jewish do you need to be or not be? to be a Christian. And so um, the Judaizers, groups of people who say you need to be Jewish first to be a Jesus follower, they are the problem in this area of Galatia, in this region, and the Apostle Paul is going to address that, he's going to try and correct that, and essentially what he's doing is he's removing religion from the gospel. And here we are, thousands of years later, trying to remove religion from the gospel, and that's
2: why this book is so powerful for us today. Hmm. So there's a religious element, the Judaizers, and we often talk about gospel versus religion, but sometimes we talk about gospel versus irreligion. And I think that the Apostle Paul specifically addresses that when he says that uh, it's Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins Get this to rescue us from the present evil age, and I think that has special application to the magical arts. Mm-hmm. It it was a dark place, and that was very ear. Ir- but you know that as irreligious as we might say that is, it actually had its own type of religion mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. It pagan doesn't mean irreligious; it just means a commitment to the gods, or a polytheistic type of approach, all which requires us to work for whatever we get. Mm -hmm. Now, Galatians falls
1: inside of this interesting chunk in the New Testament. There's this chunk of letters, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Someone once told me, G.E. Power Company, that's how you can remember that, G.E.P.C., Galatians, Ephesians, (laughs) Philippians, Colossians. Um, Those other epistles are often called the prison epistles, but Galatians not, because it was written earlier, before Paul's imprisonment, and... um, So we're looking at a letter here, uh, Paul Roby, that's very early uh, in the life of the New Testament, one of the earliest books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some would place it as early as maybe 48, 49 AD. Some would push it a little later. But definitely no later than maybe 55, 56 A.D. This is early, early on, and it definitely coincides with what we see with the Jerusalem Council in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 15. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Paul's going to be dealing with those same themes that we see dealt with. In the book of Acts. So, anyways, some have called this like like Romans Junior, <laughs> the book of Romans sure, yeah. uh, in a kind of a shorter, more concise format. He would develop these these themes uh, more further in the book of Romans. Um, Martin Luther loved the book of Galatians. It was really a uh, sort of a uh, just a, a quick reformer's guide to justification by faith, I think, and so mm-hmm. yeah. now we have know who the author is, we've looked at the introduction, we've evaluated uh, the word grace, we've seen that it's through the gospel, we see substitution in the beginning uh, of this introduction, and we've looked at the historical context with the Judaizers going on in Galatians, and, and that really sets us up to read the book, uh, you know, completely and, and holistically.
0: Yeah, Excellent. Should we move on to the next part? Yeah, let's, you guys got anything let's, more let's you hit want? this next section. Excellent. All right. So we just wrapped up verse five, a section there. So we're going on to verse six now. Oh, one, one other thing. When he oh. says amen at the end of his introductions,
1: which he does in other places, mm-hmm. it's sort of, okay, introduction now done. Let's get into the body of the letter. Mm-hmm.
2: Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's great to know. Excellent. So let's go into just the, the next section, or do you just want me to do one verse? What would be most helpful, you think? Um, six through nine. Six through nine. All right, we'll hit it. Uh, So Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said now, or so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Interesting, he repeats that twice. Wow.
2: And, and Eric, you mentioned the Jerusalem Council that is referred to in Acts 15, and they had quite a discussion about this issue. Uh, there was a group of Judaizers, like you said, who basically were saying, in order to become a Christian, you have to, first of all, uh, be circumcised, do some of the things that Jewish people do, uh, connect with the Jewish religion and culture uh, so that you can then be a Christian. And the Apostle Paul really object to that. He, he took believers from Asia Minor, which is where Galatia is, uh, some other places, and brought them to Jerusalem and told their story. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, if I if i made these guys jump through all these hoops it would be so counterproductive to their growth i don't want to do that and i don't think it's biblical what what you're saying is there is a condition on god's grace and that's the opposite of the meaning of grace it's unconditional favor from god mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. something that you earn it's not in the result of something you do it's just simply a gift from god mm. I love this
1: section. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, what we see is that even in the first century, like our century, there's threats to the gospel. And those threats to the gospel actually present themselves as other types of gospels, although the Apostle Paul makes it clear, they are not good news. They are There's no gospel at all. That's That's the point he's making. And yet they package themselves... In religious language so as to present themselves as a gospel. And the Apostle Paul is going to make it crystal clear throughout this letter, if it's, if it's anything but what he's going to communicate in Galatians, it's a false gospel. So we did a series once called Gospel-ish. We looked at all the things that sound like they might be close, to the true gospel, but actually aren't. And so in our day and age, um, of course, we talk about religion presenting itself as a false gospel. We talk about the prosperity gospel, the poverty gospel, the positivity gospel. These are all forms of communicating with Christian language ideas that are actually not Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so the Apostle Paul goes so far as to say, if, if even if an angel shows up, don't mm-hmm. trust it. If it's different than justification by faith alone, Christ alone, we talk about these alones mm-hmm. as the five solas of the Reformation, that's it's good, not the gospel. And
2: that's a good way to say that. Don't trust your experiences, mm. trust the word of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Measure your experiences by the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I'm feeling a little justified right now by talking about gospel versus religion a lot. And I got a note one time, why do you always do that? That's so stupid. And I'm like, well, (laughs) the Apostle Paul said that if you don't talk about this, people are going to get it wrong, and they're going to be allowed to believe things that aren't true. In fact, the Apostle Paul got to the point where two times he said something very close to anybody who says this kind of thing Gospely stuff can go to hell. That's <laughs> yeah. really what. Let them be saying. accursed. Let them yeah. be accursed. Because if you're lying, he's pretty upset
1: about it. If we are lying to people uh, about how they can have a right relationship with God, lying to people about who God mm-hmm. is what is more evil than that? Absolutely. That's why he goes so far as to say, let him be accursed, condemned, hell, because this is so incredibly wicked, so incredibly evil. And so these are strong words for the Judaizers. They were the ones peddling a false gospel at the time. Strong words for anybody today um, who would be uh, maybe thinking about uh, the gospel they believe. So, you know, is this is really an important time to reflect. What's if, you know, when I was studying this week on my own, Eric, what's the false gospel, the alternative gospel that you're tempted to believe? Mm. Um, because we should all identify the one we're most tempted to believe so that we can guard against ever believing it. And so yeah. that was sort of a question I was wrestling with as I was processing this passage.
2: You know, I, I want to do a little cross-referencing again, back to Acts 15. Uh, at the end of the day, they this Jerusalem Council, it was made up of the leadership of the Church in Jerusalem basically led by James, the half-brother of Jesus, the leader of the Jerusalem Church. He said, hey, let's not make it more difficult for those that are leaving their pagan lifestyle, the the Gentiles, than it has to be. Let's mm-hmm. make a way for these people. Let's not put stumbling blocks in their way, let's let's pave the road to a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And that road mm-hmm. is paved with grace. And then everybody agreed, including Peter and including Barnabas, and everybody's you know, high five in it. And then right after that, the Apostle Paul finds out that Peter mm-hmm. was only eating with Jewish Christians when he made a visit. Right. And and what did the apostle Paul say? Got in his grill. Yeah, he got in his. Um, he that's the Eric him. translation through <laughs> a word. Study he was on that. upset. <laughs> yeah, and 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 so it's not just let's confront these false teachers, but even people, good people, mm-hmm. people that are on our team, when they fall or slip into a misapplication of this gospel of grace, mm-hmm. we need to gently confront them absolutely. and say, hey guys, that's not what we want to be doing.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think uh, that that's why Paul describes it as people are being confused. They're, this this message mm-hmm. is being perverted or twisted, and when that happens, people are confused. Mm-hmm. So do I need to do this to get God's favor? Do I need to become Jewish with circumcision to be in the club? I'm, now I'm just really confused, and if any listener grew up in religion, there was probably really some confusing elements um, about it. You know, I, so Paul, I was reflecting on Eric, what, what other gospels would you be tempted to believe in? And of course, you know, Poverty, prosperity, like all those positivity, you know that that's not me. I, I think, for me though, um, I I don't. Uh, I think the the gospel I'm tempted to believe as of today is an approach to the gospel that says um, help people step across the line to faith, and that's been good enough. Hmm. I think sometimes if I if I'm honest, I I think of um, you know sort of helping people experience salvation um, that being um, the full picture, rather than the full picture being discipleship or eternal life that happens now as a quality of life, not just eternal life later as a
0: quantity of life. So I think I was reflecting on that this week. Excellent. Well guys, this uh, obviously we could sit here for a long time and continue to go through this, but this seems like a good spot to take a break until next week. So we got the introduction done, really just setting up everything, but just talking about the gospel and how important it is, and important to handle it well, Mm -hmm. and to uh, not be trying to deceive people or to spread something that's false. So,
1: Yeah, this section is why we're big on gospel versus religion. I mean, this is a key text for us as a church.
0: Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, listeners, we'll go ahead and pick this up next week. We'll continue with Galatians, and if you just uh, started listening to this in your car, at the gym, wherever you're at, um, on a walk, on a run... Um, and maybe you're thinking, hey, this is great. I want to I now sit down and go through this. We're going to continue to go through this with you. We'll be in verse next well. 10
1: next week, starting in verse 10, chapter 1, verse 10.
0: Perfect. Sounds great. Eric, Paul, thanks for being here today. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.